Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Recall the Midwife. Uh, today we are on Series 3, Episode 6. I'm Alex. I'm Becky. I'm Jen. A uh, quick reminder that this week's episode deals with childhood trauma, interfaith relationships, infertility and adoption. So if those topics are ones you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. Okay, a quick synopsis. <laughs> well, in my case, it's usually not a quick synopsis, but um, in this week's episode, we meet Maurice Glennon, a patient in the district rounds that has been out of work for over two months due to a back injury. Patsy has been put on district work to fill in despite her desire to focus on midwifery. After seeing some distressing signs, Patsy calls Dr. Turner in, but additional treatment only makes him worse. She sees something she thinks she recognizes and in a moment of candor confesses to Trixie that she grew up in Singapore and was put in a Japanese internment camp during the war. She helped, the medical she helped in the medical tent and learned a lot despite the suffering and loss she experienced there. When Patsy and Dr. Turner finally have a diagnosis, it's Patsy who literally goes the extra miles to save Maurice. Our expectant mother in this episode is Phoebe Stocks, new to Poplar with her fiancé Declan, both from Ireland. Trixie takes on her care and learns that Phoebe and Declan are Catholic and Protestant and fled Ireland because they were not allowed to marry. In England, they are legally married only a few days before Phoebe goes into labor, and though there are some initial complications when he is born, James Declan meets the world and is christened by Tom Harward. Meanwhile, Tom and Trixie have a few complications of their own after arranging a date on Trixie's day off. What was initially a picnic for two, watching a cricket match quickly turns into a day with the Cubs to disastrous results. Last, Sheila meets the mother of a fellow Cub Scout, and the mother tells Sheila her son is adopted. 
This gets Sheila thinking about it. And after talking to Patrick, they decide to try to adopt themselves. Well done, Jen. That was excellent synopsis. <laughs> and can I just say something really quick that's not actually on topic at all, but uh, it is on topic because I'm called the midwife. But I just wanted to say we had a message from a June Boyle and I said I'd mention it. Um, she messaged on Instagram because remember the episode where we talked about Cla- um, Alex's funeral? And yeah. we said that Clive, the one who caused it, wasn't there. Well, apparently he was. So, June Boyle, we stand corrected. We do apologize. Let's carry on with F- series three, episode six. So, should we talk about uh, Declan and Phoebe first? Because, to be honest, I just want to skip over this storyline and get to the good stuff. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I just okay. thought they were they were just the filler ep- they were like the filler family. I like okay. to have them. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree in a big way, but yes, we can <laughs> definitely hash it out. This is what we're here for. Um okay, so so Bex, you guide us. So we're gonna start with them first. Yeah, let's get let's get into it. All right, well tell them why you're completely casting them aside and their importance in this episode. <laughs> It's not that I didn't think they were important, but I was just more invested in the Patsy storyline and Morris. Okay. Fair. Did you think Fair it was right. Morris? <laughs> I thought it was Maurice. No one says Maurice. No one says Maurice. Oh, over here, M A U R I C E is Maurice, but that's well, that's it kind of is over here, but no one, no one's called it. <laughs> I would, I would never. If, if someone, if someone said my name is Morris, I would think. M O R R I S, myself. But and we're this is this is this is silly. This is silly. Okay, so Patsy and sorry, no, Phoebe. I, no. Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> this is. I did no. I did feel for them because, especially when they couldn't have the church wedding that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, they couldn't decide in the church, could they either? No. <laughs> That's for sure. But like poor um, Phoebe stops. I put she had no help at all. So obviously she's moved over from Ireland, mm-hmm, pregnant, mm-hmm. castigated by her family and friends and everyone over there because she's gone with a Catholic or a Protestant. I can't remember who was who. And um, she was having literally. And I just can't even imagine. I had a baby and it was horrendous and I had so much help. Um, mm. she's on her own. Like and he's he'd be at work or whatever. It honest and it's the fifties. He's not going to help. Like, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. Poor girl in another country, because let's be honest, it is. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I just think it's... I, I just felt for when she said, because they obviously had to get married in a registry office. I felt for when she said she doesn't even feel married, because obviously she's not celebrated with any of her friends or family. Yeah. yeah fair. I don't think anyone actually does feel married when they are. Do you know what I mean? I wondered if they just... Do you think they just drive the witnesses in off the street? Yeah, probably. Or they'd because- like... Or they or were they like another there. couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think like like registry office workers often end up kind of filling in for people who don't have anybody. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love to be. I would love that. it too. Yeah. that's what I was thinking. I want to get dragged in to witness a wedding. Yeah, you should just, just go down and like registry offices. <laughs> I was gonna say just go down and hang out and see if anybody needs help. When they had the argument, though, when Trixie was coming up to do, like, the home appointment, he was so rude to Trixie. You know what, my friend she... Jack Declan wasn't half rude to Trixie, it says. Yeah. <laughs> like, she can't help it that she was stood outside just as they were having that argument. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the walls are very thin. I mean, you can hear everything that's going on in those buildings. Um, yeah. But, Jen, you obviously loved them. I like them. I have a soft spot for them. Um, was it the accent? 
Well, the accent for for sure definitely. Also, Declan was very cute, and Patsy was so sweet looking. I mean, no, they were very Phoebe, cute couple. Phoebe, Sorry, Phoebe, Phoebe. Phoebe. <laughs> oh, girls, my brain disease is like really bad right now. Um, so yeah, I just thought they were a very sweet couple. Like, I, I definitely like when she, even like it was very short scene, but when she was kind of describing like, oh, we grew up across the street from each other, we've known each other our whole lives, and then like we worked in the same place and kind of fell in love and then, you know, ooh, and everything. I just, I don't know. I just, I just felt like that. It, it had a very kind of like, yeah, like, but the point is they didn't know each other the whole lives. So that's what they were saying. Like they lived across the street from each other or the street down next to each other, but they didn't know each other because yeah. of the fact they were different religions. They only met each other at work and like, yeah. they, you know, normal in normal situations. Like if you mm-hmm. live across the road from someone, you're going to know them because obviously if you go to school, we'll see that, but they won't have gone to the same school. They've both gone to different, religion schools mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. it was so Romeo and Juliet vibes you know what I mean like forbidden love and then you know all that kind of thing also I will say I I definitely had a soft spot for them because and I don't know what they're you know like obviously they're they're living in a very different time like and they're in England and it's a whole big different thing or whatever like that but um my my father's family is Irish and my dad's my father's grandfather was a Irish immigrant from Ireland into the United States. And so really grew up with, you know, very, very strong Irish Catholic family, like Irish Catholic values. And my mom is an American is like her family is Protestant. And when they got together and got married, there was a lot of kerfuffle about like them being an interfaith marriage and how that was going to work. And at their wedding, just interestingly not that all families you know have this but obviously but my my father has a priest in the family so my his uncle married them and my mom has an uncle who was a uh, Methodist minister and married them so they had an ecumenical service where there were you know two different faith you know traditions represented at the wedding and everything so for me and then like my whole life growing up we were kind of always we were raised catholic but we were like toggling between the two churches so i don't know i this like storyline like really hit for me like in a lot of ways because it you know like i i in many ways was like the james declan of those you know what i'm saying like i i don't know i i i really sympathize with them and i and i just don't think there should be i don't think that different religions should be a reason why people shouldn't be allowed to be together and i just think like people should be allowed to be with who they want to be with as long as, you know, everyone is in love and, you know, excited about it and all that kind of stuff. So it's true. I yeah. agree. Well, when I, when I grew up, well, I didn't grow up Catholic. My mum's Catholic and Christian does Catholic, but um, my granddad was not happy. My mum was, and there was, no one in the family was happy. My mum's got nuns and stuff. They were not happy that um, my mum was marrying someone who didn't have a religion. So even then it wasn't like, yeah. <laughs> Just because he wasn't Catholic, basically. It wasn't anything to do with any other religion or any other yeah. conflict with their religion. It was the fact that he wasn't Catholic. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you, I didn't pick this up. They maybe didn't say it. Did their family know that they'd eloped to get married? Or from their point of view, have they just disappeared? I think they must have known. I'm sure they alluded to the fact they did know. Yeah. A girl yeah. like me doesn't do that or something. I, I, I think the family knows exactly, like, like maybe not like literally their address of where they went, but I'm sure their family knows like that they that they went to do that, and you know, it, and probably the family is very disapproving of it, and and that was another thing, Al, to your point about like being alone and everything. Like not only is she alone like physically there in Poplar, but she's not even going to be able to. I mean, I I would I would be hard pressed to think she'd even be able to like 
write a letter that was well received to kind of say oh you know like I had this baby like I mean she's not probably going to get a lot of like congratulations and well wishes no unless they can like maybe find a way to work things out but that's you but know, then I mean, even worse even worse when she did have the baby he had complications and the stress mm-hmm. of that with no one to mm-hmm. kind of support you apart from a husband who ran off down the corridor where they didn't know where he was going obviously he did the right thing he came and brought mm-hmm. Tom Harrowood that was great for him for her yeah. but at the same time like that was a really stressful thing and then you've she's literally got no one all the other when you watch this is a very stark contrast in births to other storylines because Usually there's a grandma, there's loads of people in the house, they're cooking dinner for everyone and the grandma's with the mum and they're all together and it's all women together, whereas she's on her own. Mm-hmm. And her husband, like it's just a very different birth. Mm. And actually Declan was very dismissive of religion at the start and well, basically said he would he would turn all, all the churches into bingo halls. But then not obviously... a bad shout. Not a bad shout. <laughs> Money. Bongo bingo. Has anyone done bongo obviously... bingo? Because I'm not being funny, it's great. Great. But then obviously when the baby's ill, he's the one who then knows how important it is to Phoebe and, and gets Tom to christen him. Phoebe. Phoebe. I think I think Phoebe's the Catholic one. Did, and... What did I say? I thought I said Phoebe. no. It's... She said I said Phoebe. Phoebe. <laughs> did <you> listen <laughs> back. Back <laughs> We've all got the brain disease today. I think Phoebe's Catholic and I think Declan is Protestant because even the way that she said, like when the baby was struggling to breathe and everything, she said, oh no, his immortal soul. Like what's going to happen? And and that, that was what she, and to me, that's a very Catholic thing to like be oh, I thought about she that. was the other way around. No, he Phoebe's went to get the Protestant. For her. Yeah, Phoebe is Protestant because he went to get Tom Harrowood, which is better for her. Oh, I, th- I thought he just got Tom Harrowood because t- that's the only option. I didn't well, think he's yes, like, the only option in popular, but at the same time, she is the post- she is the Protestant. You're sure? Yeah, I've written it down. Declan I've written it down. Yeah, I wish you would. <laughs> Bex hasn't written it down. She just said she wrote it down. I'm not seeing any of those notes. <laughs> you just wrote that on your paper. <laughs> okay well anyways yes okay we'll we'll give we'll give phoebe the protestant or whatever like that but okay like i i have a soft spot for them is there i think i think that pretty much covers it though i mean trixie takes care of them you know it all kind of gets resolved but i should we is that kind of it well i do want to talk about the baby mother and baby class when they're putting nappies out and they're all rubbish at it i just thought (laughs) oh that would totally be me now still anyway well, I love right. how um, I love how Chummy is like. Don't worry, you'll get plenty of practice. You know, like <laughs> so it's like yeah, too right. Yeah, too plenty right. of practice at prodding your child with a pin. <laughs> yeah, sticking them over and over again. All right, Bex, take it away. Where are we going next? So should well, actually, that's all of the baby business. Let's go on to Morris Glennon, who's actually part of the district nurse and rotor. Yes. Because oh. Patsy's been removed because of her brusque manner, which, if anything, I can relate to is this. Also, brusque, brusque, girls. I love Patsy with all my heart. She is a darling, darling woman. But the, the like, the fat joke that she made at the very beginning that, like, I, got, I was like, Patsy, come on, my fat, girl. The actress they did it to wasn't even, I, I, I would have liked it if they actually did get a fat actress. But heavens, what a whopper. He's to see who baby takes after. I was like proper shocked when she said it. Well, but but the thing is, even if even if that mother was like much 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 bigger, still completely inappropriate, completely inappropriate to like talk about her that way, like to her face especially. But like, I, was she was she just saying what a whopper? Full stop. And then 
easy to see. Oh. Who... I don't think she meant it that way. Oh. She's just saying the baby looks like the mum. Yes. No, sorry, sorry. No, I'm a Bexia. That... Otherwise, it's just wanton awfulness, and she isn't awful. She She's isn't. She doesn't mean it like that. With stuff she says, like about the men's medical ward with the penises. I, I don't, I don't... <laughs> she was intentionally being hurtful i just i but i do think it was a very like in like kind of unconsciously insensitive comment or whatever because i mean we everybody talks about how like oh you want like a big chunky like baby like a big roly-poly baby like whatever like that but she was like directly implying that like that was the feature she was pulling out to comment on about the child and then that's what she was saying was like yeah, but when she had the conversation with sister evangeline not about well sister evangeline firstly was very very harsh with her um, but I did quite like that because I do really love when yeah, Sister Evangeline is dead. Been. She but then when she, she had the, the moms don't need yeah, but listen, when comments. she had the conversation with Sister Julianne, Patsy genuinely didn't understand why she was like being admonished. I genuinely don't think she meant it like that. I think no, she's like, I stupid. Think... She'd know. If she I think they were two separate statements, and everybody's just taken it the wrong way. Yeah, because well, she's listen... like, oh, I know it's a dizzying shift in tempo, but I can handle it and stuff. And she's like, no, no, it still stands. But she didn't. She genuinely didn't really understand why, and she's not thick. Like, well, but okay, but think, but think about it this way. Like again, and this is not a criticism of Patsy, but like she spent her whole nursing career in hospitals, mainly on a men's surgical ward, where it's a totally different style of bed manner, like doctors, like yeah, but you the don't. You'll be like, oh, look at you, you obese man. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm just saying, like, like, but the thing is, like, there is a difference, like, you know, like the way that you're going to deal with, especially like an expectant mother with, you know, hormones, raging, stress, you know, tiredness, like not feeling good, like all these different body things going on versus like how you would talk to like, and, and the thing is the show points out a, from a lot of different perspectives, the fact that like, oh, I went to the hospital and they treated me like I was just a bag of body parts. Like, oh, I went to the hospital, and, like X happened. Oh, I, you know, like the way that like you get treated when you're in like the world of of nanatis and like the maternity home and the clinic and everything else is different than how like the hospitals treat patients and i think patsy not herself but like the culture that she'd been professionally involved with was different and that's kind of the mentality that she was coming to it and she really didn't have experience with maternity or or midwifery so that's why so that's why she was like in that woman i think bex is right i think there was a comma there or a full stop and then anyway we're not going to be on there I, well, okay, <laughs> no, I, I, I disagree, but okay, fine, that's fine. But then I thought it was rich of Sister Evangelina because when Patsy was like, "Mothers, can you please control your children?" and then Sister Evangelina accuses her of brawling like a publican. I thought that is rich coming from Sister Evangelina. Remember her <laughs> on the TV van? Yeah, she's living her best life. I think she's a bit jealous of Patsy because she likes doing all that stuff. <laughs> I think she, I think those two are so similar. Yeah, they that's are. Yeah. They are very similar. Yeah. So I've got written down here, Patsy was forlorn with her belongings. So at first, the first bit they showed was her looking at her belongings forlorn. And we were like, what's mm -hmm. going on? Why is she looking at her? Why is she looking at weird stuff in a box, being all sad? Mm -hmm. But then it all went on to make sense. Mm -hmm. So she gets called out to, so instead of doing midwifery, she's going out on to doing um, district. district. Thank you very much. My goodness, what is wrong with me? And um, she goes to Mr. Glenn, and we're going to call him Mr. Rather Morris to save that again. Um, can I just say, I thought he was really cheery considering he's not been working two months and stuff. Like, I know, it's not like he's at... It's not it's, like he's at home watching TV. What, like... He's sat on a board looking at the ceiling. He's listening to the wireless. But also, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've heard. What was that? 
<laughs> I, I really don't know. I really Listening don't know. to the world. Uh, and- <laughs> so anyway, so she goes and checks on him and he's hurt his back. He's had a fall at work. He used to work on a crane. They were talking about how he liked being high up. Yeah. And he's fallen down. It's awful. He's not been in work for two months and he's desperate to get back to work because his wife's yeah. working. He's exhausted and he's all upset by it, but he seems to be really, yeah. really like up tempo and like really posy still. Like he's a really, I've loved him. I Which, he was by a great the way, guy. forget that attitude if you're bored. That attitude if you have back pain, oh my goodness. Like if my back is hurting, everyone is going to hear about it. Like, <laughs> oh my God, back pain is terrible. So God bless him for, oh man, he was a really sweet, sweet guy. Well, the next day, he's, he's trying to get um, a, a note to basically say that he can work again. Right. And by the doctors, but he needs to be signed back to be able to go to work. And the next day, his daughter, Gillian, who's dead interested in nursing, mm. um, is all like to, to nurse Mount, she, to Patsy. She's like, oh, you know, he's not right whatever. Anyway, he gets up, tries to get up and he looks like death. And then mm. Patsy takes his uh, takes his temperature with a hand and she's like, that must be every hundred. Like it was so... <laughs> yeah. I just loved it. I loved the way she could tell his temperature with like, yeah. like just one... I just loved it so much. Yeah. Um, but also, Gillian, the little girl, was all about medicine and wanting to learn about it. And Patsy was so lovely. Like, when you're talking about the, like, uh, temperament for midwifery and everything like that, she was so mm-hmm. gorgeous with this girl and mm-hmm. so encouraging and kind and told her everything. And it was just so lovely. And obviously, she went to explain, well, we know why now. Well, yeah, because I, th- I, I think, think she saw herself in Gillian. I think, I think you guys got some extra scenes about that because she was in mine too, but it wasn't like she, in my episode, she didn't take like tons of extra time with Jillian, but, but I, I, I love, I love Patsy and I'm sure she, and she was encouraging. So did she, in your episode, did she give Jillian the little nursing hat? I don't think so. Oh, because Jillian, so. Jillian was going to help nurse her dad, so she gave her like a proper nurse's hat to wear. Oh yeah, no, she didn't do that in ours. No, she didn't. Oh. Yeah, but, but she also, was really sweet to Jillian, and Jillian yeah. was very proactive. Yeah, so well, Jillian went to get the nuns at the, went to get a nurse, didn't she? And like, yes, like knocked yes. on the door, and she was like, "Where is your mother?" And she's like, "She's at work. Someone has to put food on the bloody table." <laughs> I love that because she's obviously repeating exactly what her mum said to her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But yeah. so the steroid injections that Morris has had for his back have, I don't know how to, like, they've activated they, a yeah, dormant active, so, illness. So he'd basically picked up a roundworm when he was in Burma, and then mm-hmm. the steroid injection has kind of reactivated it. Mm-hmm. And then Patsy recognizes it because she was obviously in a Japanese internment camp. Mm. Yes, yeah, so she now, recognized the scars on his legs, didn't she? Because they were some yeah. of the stuff that she saw when she was. That's how they treated them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when she has that heart to heart with Trixie, you think Trixie's going to be really sympathetic, but yeah. then Trixie just says to her, "You just need to rise above it." And I was, like, I was like, I was like, Trixie could have been more compassionate. I've written in my notes. Literally, the last Christmas special, Trixie was helping Alan Bridges, who had PTSD. I know. Well, so, it's all right when it's something from Trixie's past, but not when it's something from Patsy's past. I, I, I'm just the contrarian today. 
I felt like the crux of the, I mean, okay, let's also remember Trixie, Trixie is, is acknowledging her history, but she has not yet fully like really done the work, the deep dive, you know, that's going to come a little later when she. Hits- yeah, but also Jen, she had been holding her stuff, like just snatched like, and she snatched it away. Like she didn't ask to take it and stuff like, and then she like snatched it away and she was obviously really like rattled. And then she still was a bit like, meh. <laughs> also, it's not like that mirror was in a makeup bag. It was in a, box tucked under the bed oh no no i'm not i'm i'm not defending anything trixie did in that part of it but later on when patsy was was upset and and or maybe was it the same scene but just later i can't remember now exactly but like when they did start talking about it and patsy like officially kind of said like this is what this is what happened to me and everything you know trixie said like oh the war like all of us were worse for it and we all had like our own problems and everything and it's upset everybody and like, we do have to kind of rise above. And she was like, well, you know, I don't really want to rise above. And she's like, but, you know, and, and Trixie said something about emotions and like thinking about emotions and dealing with emotions. And then Patsy said, well, I don't really care about like what people like think or, or feel or whatever. Like all you have is like what you've done. And she's like, well, I mean, you know, there's lots of way to do things. And, and, I, and I, I don't know. I didn't feel Trixie was like out of line. Anyways, that's all. I just would say I like they both had two different. massively out of line this episode. Also going back to Phoebe and Declan obviously because she was the midwife who delivered the baby so there's a bit where Patsy and Trixie are both in their room Patsy's kind of struggling to understand why she's been taken off midwifery neither of them are listening to each other and Patsy's talking about the situation that Declan and Phoebe have found themselves in with the religion and she's just like I think she's very dismissive of the whole situation she's like I don't know why they can't just ignore the fact do you know what I mean she's very Patsy is dismissive. No, Trixie is. Trixie's dismissive. Of the of the situation that Phoebe and Declan are in with the two religions. And I mean, we know now the strength of feeling on each side. Huh. Maybe I maybe I missed that or something. I don't I didn't I don't know. I didn't I didn't. Did you have that... the scene where um Trixie did you have the scene where Trixie gets the mirror? Yes, where she's like putting on the scarf and she picks up the mirror and she's like, oh, this would go really great with my scarf. And all yes, that during kind of that scene, she's oh, okay. just all about herself. She's like, I don't understand all this thing nonsense about religion. Why don't they just rise above it? Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I just maybe I just wasn't paying attention like as thoughtfully in that. I yeah. I thought I okay, do have to say I thought Trixie was a bit dismissive and she could have had some more compassion. Anyway, sure, so, sure, sure. They yeah. have that little spat, blah blah blah. Anyway, so then um Patsy recognizes that it's some form of tropical disease, goes to Dr. Turner, who's got mm-hmm. his book out that's like six hundred years old. But but to be fair to him, he rings the uh, Center for Tropical Diseases and like and say pancreas. Yeah. <laughs> and he's there trying to <laughs> trying to say it's, it's not atypical actually. It could <laughs> You know, it's absolutely fine. It can go on for like 12 years, yes. Anyway, so... Um, We're all doing weird voices today. <laughs> I think you'll find that's uh, my impression of uh, Patrick. I you find <laughs> Put it in the drawer, Sheila. Anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> so... Patrick. <laughs> so anyway, that was a terrible one. Oh, Patrick. Anyway, right. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway... Us doing weird voices of the whole, of the whole show. <laughs> We're doing the forms and that's settled. <laughs> We're doing it tonight, Patrick. Let's do it for next after. I will say another word about it. We're doing it. 
<laughs> After you've done all your handwriting practice. <laughs> told that it's a really bad that's when she's this is when she has the scene with the uh, trixie in the bedroom because she's been told that yes it's pretty much not much they can do um and yeah. that he needs this he needs this special treatment but there's a postal struggle <laughs> so anyway she decides the next morning she's going to go to the hospital and get it for him so she goes and they're like oh no we've only got it in liverpool so she goes on the train to liverpool tells no one where she's gone mm-hmm. she, it just shows how one-minded she how one you know she's she's thinking of this and that's it like yeah. she even left the house without saying bye to Chummy. Like Chummy just walked past me. I think she was just. I do it out in supermarkets, you know. People, if you're listening and I know you, and you see me in a supermarket, and I ignore you. I'm not trying to ignore you. I just can't. Sometimes, you know, when you're just on a job and you just look yes. at you, I'm so single-minded that I'm just like, yes, looking for pasta or something, and I'm, I'm not trying. I've literally people have jumped in front of me, being like, "Hello," like, "Oh, I can't stop it." Like, I'm not trying to ignore you. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. No, when, when Patsy goes to when Patsy's talking to Trixie, she just knows that like the chance of recovery is very slim. Then she goes off to the yeah yeah. Then she finds out there's this treatment when mm-hmm. she goes off on oh, a right. little. Mission. I've been a pedant, which I'm going to cover later on in the podcast because it's one of my pet peeves, and I've just done it. Well, that's fine. But then, so she goes to Liverpool, she comes back, she gets this medication and uh, and she's like, I want to take it to him. And everyone's like, no, you're not allowed. <laughs> you need to go to bed. We'll get it from a place of love because she's basically like, can you imagine doing that trip in the 1960s? Well, mm. actually, it's probably a lot more efficient than doing it. Really? I can't imagine days. doing it right now. It'd be annoying. Exactly. With so many strikes and it's not it's not as cheap either. Uh, yeah. Five pound. I was thinking, oh, emergency five pound. Um, but yeah, so anyway, but then Trixie's like, oh, I'm so glad you're all right. You know, I thought you were angry with me. I can't, I can't believe you're talking to me. And she was like, I was only angry with you because you were right. And there's nothing worse than having an argument with someone who is right. And that, I can't tell you how much of a, a, a correct statement that is. It is so oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a pain when you realize it's you very like... rare. It, my husband must experience it a lot. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, very rare. <laughs> but also, I do feel for Patsy because. They're all really concerned about where she is, but I just feel like they've. I'm really Team Patsy today because I'm I feel always like Team Patsy. <laughs> none of them have made her feel as if she can go to them and yeah, and, and share she hasn't got a reason to trust them and share that trauma from her childhood. Yeah, well, although she's not been there long, to be fair. Yeah, and and but I mean, like, could be like, oh, but I've called the baby a whopper because I grew up in a prisoner of war camp. Like, but the thing, but the thing is, in in defense of Trixie, like once Trixie knows kind of that piece of her history and everything, doesn't she go to Sister Julianne and I mean, and say like, no, listen, then like, she doesn't. She only does it after she goes missing. She's okay. more interested in having an advocate. <laughs> right, so let's get back onto Mister Glennon. Okay, so, so anyways, Mr. Lennon is in hospital having this treatment and it's working and he's getting better and everyone's all like, hey. Anyway, Mr. Glennon was told he was like the squat one or something like it. <laughs> he basically said something like the big fat one, it was horrible. The old fat one. Uh, Sister Evangelina obviously went to tell him that actually uh, Patsy grew up in a prisoner of war camp and it's really awful as well. So Mr. Glennon's mm. there with her and he's, saying, he's there saying, like, you know, don't let what happened in your past take over your future kind of thing. Like, he's like, he says his mum said there's when there's a storm, leave open both doors because don't let your misfortunes find a home. I um, love and, that saying. And, uh, and it's it was so like, true. 
I don't think I don't think any of us have quoted it correctly though. I'm sorry. No, no, I've, I've, written, I've written it down. It was a beautiful moment, should... and I and I agree with you. But unless one of us is actually like, uh, I think you'll quote... find Jen if you listen. Becky has. <laughs> <laughs> I have it in my notes, um, which also. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Confirm that Declan was Catholic and Phoebe was Protestant. Uh... Um, (laughs) Well, I don't have it word for word, but in a storm, be sure to open the front door and the back door so that the storm can blow through. Don't let your misfortunes find a home. I love it. I'm going to use it from now on. Okay. To be honest, I'm not going to leave... um... Any doors open in a storm or a window, that's really <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, girls. I need to pull it together. Okay. So love like love this whole thing. I, I stand with you guys. I am a big Pat- Patsy fan. Um should we move should we move on to um Patrick yes. and Sheila? Can we talk about Colin really quick? <laughs> wait, Colin. Who, wait, which Colin is Colin the, little, is the little adopted cubs- child. The Cub yeah. Scout, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Colin's the one who ate the two uh, spiders on the trip. <laughs> uh, we'll go to that in a second. But Colin, he must go to. He must live with those um, nuns in Compline, never to be seen again. Um, he's just there for that one storyline, and then we never hear of Colin. He's just a handy plot helper that we'll never, ever, ever hear from or see again. Listen, um, he's a brand new friend and he goes as quickly as he comes. You know what I mean? Tim's <laughs> like, I only needed you here for one expository plot device and now you, you done done it, Colin. Get out of here. So basically, Colin is a friend of Tim's who's come around to play. He's, a new, he's new. He's a new cub with uh, with Tim and he wants to play with him. He invites him around. Everything's great. The mum comes around to pick Colin up after he's been sick on the bus uh, on the trip. Yep. We'll talk about the trip in a minute. Um, yep. But his mum comes in. Now, she said this thing. And I just want to talk about this quick. Um, she's saying, oh, he's, he's adopted or whatever. They have this kind of heart-to-heart, the mums, because she was like, oh, you're going to have another one. She's like, oh, actually, he's not mine. You know, and you can yeah. tell she's a bit embarrassed when she says that. She shouldn't be, but, you know, it's the 50s. Um, and she's well, like, and oh, don't what? forget, Sheila told her first that Tim wasn't hers, that she yeah. married a widower. Who, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, she probably she felt says, like... Yeah, so then they could open up. So she was like, oh, actually, Colin's adopted. We tried for years. Remember? And then she's like, he knows he's adopted, and we all know we're lucky. The more love he's needed, the more love we've found, and we haven't run out yet. But I will if he doesn't get a move on, Colin. I yeah, love. You're basically threatening to give him back if he doesn't get ready quick. Like I'm in the fifties, but harsh. 
parents are always doing stuff like that always always i'm not i'm nothing but loving and kind <laughs> every parent i know has said something yeah, but to that's a bit harsh like, jen that's a bit close to the bone like you've adopted no, especially for an adopted child who's lost his mother I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I, maybe I, I. I feel like you. You and I. All three of us have been watching a, like a totally different show from each other or whatever. I didn't. I didn't think it was that. I didn't think it was that bad. Well, you I didn't loved think it. it was that bad. So there we go. <laughs> well, so um, Sheila and Patrick have basically been inspired by Colin and are gonna look to adopt a baby. Yeah, they want a baby who eats two spiders too. Yes. And just a little like it, we we it, this the adoption part was kind of a very like small part of the episode. But Sheila is very motivated. She goes right down to the Catholic Adoption Center, talks to somebody, has a great time. They give her all the forms to fill out. She comes home and she shows them Patrick. She's like, "We're gonna fill them out," and he's like, "Oh, you know what? I don't really know if I want to like give them all this personal." Well, no, he, he was fine at first, and then he saw the questions on then the Then he board. just shuts it well, down. That, but, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. Like he starts looking at the forms, and he's like, "I don't really, I don't really want to like do all of this. Like we should look around other places." And she's like, "No, no, no. We're gonna fill all of this out. Don't worry. We're doing it tonight." And he's just kind of like, "Ooh, you know." But, but in we my know episode, from future episodes that right, right, we well, know the it, reason. He's seen one question, hasn't he? He's yeah. very harsh. He's like, you've rushed into this, Sheila. Yeah, well, like, classic guy to, like, have a problem with something that's his problem, but they, like, blame the thing on somebody else to, like, you know, have to fix or whatever. But I, know. Oh, I felt I felt for poor Timothy when he had these questions that he'd written about the new baby. <laughs> like, would he have to share his pocket money? But also, when he was like, can he play the piano at choir practice so that i can play cricket i was like let him bloody play cricket now what are you, talk- <laughs> what are you talking about there's a scene oh, in it where they ask timothy if he'd like um a brother or sister like oh i didn't want to have yeah. right so they, they ask him basically because he's part of the family if he'd li- actually like to adopt because obviously if he's against it dead against it they wouldn't do it they probably would let's be honest they would but, <laughs> yeah don't even don't even play on that one so he he there's basically sat, it's like it's set up like an interview they're sat in front of timothy and he's got his list of questions that he's written down and one of his questions is like will i get the same amount of pocket money or will i have to share my pocket money and they're like yep same you find it worry <laughs> and, and then, then he's like well i have to share a room and they're like do you want to share a room he's like no and they were like yes you'll have to share a room and then <laughs> <laughs> And like just stuff like that. But then he asks, oh. will he still have to play um piano for the choir or can someone else, the new baby the new kid play and 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 Sheila's like, Yeah, I don't see why the new kid can't do it. Like, you know, let's get another child to do everything for us labor wise. Um <laughs> Okay. So that so for me the whole adoption thing, it was in there, but it wasn't like this whole big thing like that for me. And they would have gone ahead no matter what Timothy said, I think. But Well, exactly. <laughs> Why are we even asking Tim? Like he's getting it whether he wants it or not. But to be honest, he's he's probably sat in the car the whole time. (laughs) I was about to say that's his new bedroom, sitting in the car. And And whatever whatever fish we he can like get from the paper left over at the end. Um, Should we wrap up with um, Trixie and Tom Harrowood's date? Yes. Yes. Let's. So there's a few things. There's obviously Trixie and Tom go on a date. Um. But I mean, I just wasn't Team Trixie this episode. The whole Rock Hudson dream at the start, where she, and then when she's talking to the, I was just like, oh my god, she's so annoying. It did annoy me. She did annoy me in this episode. Like I feel like she was doing, like I really like the character and Helen George, if that's her name, I think. If you're listening to this, I think you're great. But in this episode, you were overdoing it because she was the, the face she did when she did it. Hey, Rock Hudson, like you know, I just thought it was too much. And sister, but yeah, she. I was just like. All right, stop it now. You've told them about your dream. 
Um, <laughs> okay. But we know that Trixie's got a got personal issues, so I don't. I can't think because I've watched it so many times. I can't think where we are in the timeline. It could be that the reason she's annoying me is because of that. No, I think she's just annoyed you. But this episode, she's just annoying in this episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, she's still she's still like ratcheting up her her drinking problem and her alcoholism. So I mean, she hasn't yeah. she hasn't dealt with it. So I mean, you know, she's still she's still kind of like. I was pre- trying to skirt around that, Jen, so it wasn't a spoiler. I mean, <laughs> they're gonna watch it. It'll be fine. Yeah. So Tom Harrowood, the the cleric, is he a cleric? Is that what they call him? A curate. Curate. Thank you. Um, he invites her to uh, for a date to go and watch cricket, and she it was was the lols the scene when she was telling them about this cricket date, and she was like, "Oh, we'll we'll go into the uh, enclosure," and 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 uh, Cynthia was like, "I think you're getting that mixed up with Ascot or whatever," and she was like, "Oh, well, we'll we'll have strawberries and big pims," and she was like, "Yeah, you're getting that mixed up with Wimbledon," <laughs> and she was there. Just, like, oh, God, I had so much this episode cut out. Oh my really? Lord. That scene I didn't have either. Oh, that was a good scene. But anyway, so she's romanticising cricket, make it act like it'll be amazing. So anyway, she's like, what does one wear to a cricket date? That I got. That part I got, yeah. She sorts it all out. But then um, just before she goes, she speaks to um, Sister Sister Julianne. Oh, it's one of the sweetest, loveliest jokes. Like, it was a lovely scene between those two. Like, oh, I wrote it down. She says something like, um, like something about, oh, I, wait, 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 I have it here. Perhaps he'll bowl a maiden over. And they, they both look at each other blankly. And then Sister Julianne <laughs> goes, Fred tells me that's really quite funny. <laughs> the first time she said it, I genuinely lolled out loud because my dad's a big cricket fan. And I was just like, that is lols. And then they both didn't understand it. And that made me loll even more. As far as I'm concerned, cricket is a sport that, like, a group of kids made up. And, like, when you watch it, you're like, I don't understand any of this. Like, it's a completely, like, cricket I understand is... cricket. I don't sit and watch it for hours. I have been to watch it with my dad. Um, I got quite drunk. But um, no, it was really no fun reference. when watching I think it, yeah. I would just fall asleep. There's... Wait. To be fair, though, it's very... No, it can get... It can get cool. It's like any sport, though. If you get into it and know the actual rules, it can get exciting. Sure, sure, sure. Anything can be interesting if you like care about it and know about it. But okay, here's my thing. <laughs> here's my thing, okay? Like when I had to when I watched this scene where Tom is like, so he so she'd seen him with Fred, you know, fixing the bus and everything like that. They'd had a conversation. They come he comes back before and he says, before he asked her on a date, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he asked her on a date. And then she says something about, Oh, did you go in for Fred's like dodgy paint? And he's like, No, I didn't. I followed your advice. She's like, Oh, great. And then he says something else, and then he's like, Oh, you know, would you like to go watch um go for a picnic and watch the cricket, you know, on your day off and whatever? And she's like, Oh, yeah, I would. And I was just like huh like just int- like okay now, here's 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 my question for y'all because I feel like okay you meet a cute guy right now let's all like think about even a world yeah, where happens that all the time ha- yeah relate I was relate, like yeah I was relate. like like let's let's just Im- imagine a world where that could even be a possibility okay like I know it's going to be a stretch but like use your use your imagination and you're like oh I like him I think you know da, da, da. and then he okay now for me going on a picnic in in like now in England it's not the same because it's not like hot, hot, hot weather. But like going on a picnic, sitting in nature, like on grass, like with you know everything there around, potentially being hot, and then watching a sport that I'm like not in, that I don't know about, I'm not really interested in, sounds like truly the most torturous collection of hours. Eat like I like that would be a date. I would be like, oh my, I like in my mind, I just know if I was her, I would be like, 
oh my god I really like this guy but like I don't really don't know if I want to go on it I like I would genuinely and in my mind I thought to myself I would give a person one date like that and then if it wasn't like I'm not I I, I just would not be willing to put myself through yeah, but Something it's not like, 1950s, like, in those days, you'd be like... No, oh, but even now, but even now, like, someone could invite you on a date that, like, you want to go with, you want to go on a date with that person, but you don't want to do, like, the date activity, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, like, I was just like... I think you've just got to suck it up and take a few, like, take a few hits. Yeah, you, ha- you have you, you have to, like, go. You'd have to, like, make the best of it and, like, lump but it. I but, like... Cricket, I mean, I've never been to a cricket match. In my head, you sit in a deck chair... You watch a match, you have a nice cream tea. You can do that, yeah. You like now it's like obviously sitting in like the actual seats, but yeah. I'm imagining you going to a village green to watch cricket, which I think is where I'm going wrong. But what well, no, I, actually but, I think that is more like this one. So I think you're right. But would you guys uh, no, want to go on that date? Like wanna no, like go sit just, and watch a sports you know, game? If I liked him, I probably would, but probably not. But let me tell you about something to talk about dates really quick. My friend at work went on a date the other day. And it was all okay. And he was a bit like, mm, it's all right. It's all right. Anyway, on the way, like, he was like, oh, let, you know, let's go now because it's boring. And anyway, she was like, oh, um, can we just go to Tesco? Can we just go to Tesco? And she said that, or he did. And then she just started doing a bloody weekly shop. Like in Tesco. He was like, yeah, I'm going to go. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not sitting there. And she was like, oh, like, and he was like, yeah, I'm not staying for what i'm not doing your weekly shop with you like bye <laughs> so anyway point being i think cricket would be better than that anyway uh, we've I got off the subject uh, uh, i don't think trixie the... i don't think trixie and tom are a good match they're well, not they're they're not from the word go they're not a good match that first date literally i watched that first date and well, in we've my not notes... even said the main thing that happens on the actual date so she turns up thinking she's going okay. to cricket she's wearing white she's looking all posh and he turns up and yeah. he's like yeah bit of a change of plan uh, the Cubs were supposed to go to the zoo. We can't anymore. They're coming on the bus with us to the cricket. And she's like, you what? <laughs> uh, like, I'd have just turned back there. You're right. Like, I'm not being funny. I'm like, you know what? You you go have fun with them. We'll reschedule this. Like, I really want to go out with you, but today is not the day, my friend. Well, do you know what? Next Friday, I'm going on a school trip with my daughter, with her whole school. The whole school are going to the zoo. Um, and I volunteered to help and go on a bus and I thought and I saw this scene so basically they get on the bus it's all like all these rowdy cubs and everything and then suddenly it's like Nurse Trixie Colin the kid we never see again the adopted kid who's threatened (laughs) Um, Colin ate his pat lunch and two spiders has been sick all over the floor and I was like (laughs) and then I was like oh my god what will that's going to be me on the school trip next week well and also like like, no one eats insects (laughs) they're on the bus and Trixie sat like okay so Tom is the bus driver Trixie sat at like the first bench like where all the teachers usually sit on a field trip and he's literally like leaning back like and over like trying to like yell things to her so they can have a conversation and I don't even know what he said but he said something and she goes I literally don't understand a word you've just said I don't know what any of that means like I am completely in the dark and he's just like huh and then before like Tom could even respond that's when Tim comes up and is like, oh, yeah, like this thing is coming. She's like, oh, God. And then they pull over and then it's like. She just... walks to the, he listens to the cricket with the, well, the Cubs. And the, she walks they, to get there. No, no, no. 
No, no, no. Y- yes, and the that bus happened. breaks down. The bus breaks down oh, like, sorry, terribly. I mean, the only positive of that was that he took his top off. So, like, you know, you got to see a lot of like muscles and everything there. But then, like, the, the cricket's on, and he's and she's like, Well, what do you want to do? And he's like, Well, it's not going to get fixed. Like, we need to call a mechanic. He's like, I saw a phone box like a mile down the road. And then one of the boys says something like, Oh, like, some, somebody just did something that is. Somebody put the cricket on the resistor radio so they can hear it. Yeah. And so then she's like, You know what? Let me just walk to the phone box and like, will do it or whatever like that so she takes off her shoes she walks in her stocking feet all the way down for like a mile and a half and then like the next scene like cut to like them coming back to poplar and he's like oh well you know i'm really sorry today didn't go as planned and everything but i really would like to see you again do you think we can re- you know like try again and she's like you know what i'm gonna need a minute after this date to like see Thing if is, I-, though, I think it's an important lesson for trixie to learn like yeah yeah that's many <laughs> disappointments <laughs> <No>, it's it- <laughs> it's men but like also like i mean this is this is like really not the place to use this but like like that date said everything that needed to be said about their relationship like that that should have been like you know what i you're great or whatever but like we're not we're just not gonna jive you know what i mean the fact that he even thought that he could change their date into the day that he had planned with the cubs just says everything right there Well, all i'm gonna say is i don't want to spoil it for anyone but i did think at the time if that was someone else who he did end up marrying, that day she'd have been fine with that and been dead. Oh, she would have. She she would have loved it. It would have been like, yeah. oh, great! And then she would have, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, also- can I say that I've just thought of another reason why Trixie annoyed me and you, Bex, this time was because she was also given her another dickhead line. She did have quite a lot of dickhead lines this week when she was like, "Oh, well, have I taught you nothing, Fred?" Duck egg blue, full of the warmth of summer, or like this other, and I'm just like, uh, 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 like. Do you know another reason why she annoyed me? When Colin was sick, and I was just like, you're a midwife, Trixie. This is not the worst thing you've seen. But her face, she was like really squeamish about it. And I was like, is that because she's annoyed that she's dealing with that on a day off? But I just thought, this is your bread and butter, Trixie. You should be fine dealing with a bit of. Yeah, but she's in a nice clothes, isn't she? And a white dress and. And it's her day off. That's the last thing she wants to deal with on her day off. If you got called into work on your day off, how would you feel about it? I'm I'm not I'm not going to agree with you here, Jen. Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, that is, you guys have a lot of legitimate complaints, even if I don't agree with them. But I'm sorry. Like her being mad that she has to clean up vomit on her day off is absolutely ridiculous. Like Trixie, I will defend you forever on that oh, one. Oh no, I'm A one hundred percent. I'm not thinking it's terrible about that that one, but I would my zero of the week is Trixie. Oh, well, <laughs> hang on, well, hang on. We've still got other things first. Can we oh, talk about, we really quick about Fred and uh, Sister Monica Joan? Oh, yes. Fred. Yes. So basically, she's a bit she's a bit arsy with him about space this week. It was really weird for whatever um, reason. Who knows why? But okay. So basically, she was like. Um, I think you'll find old instruments that they're of good quality retain their value and quality to Fred. So basically, you can tell, obviously, that means about her. She's feeling a bit like a spare part and everything. Um, but then he gets the telescope and sorts it all out for her and makes it look nice and, you know, makes it all nice so she can use it. And then she's basically like, yeah, I don't want to use it. <laughs> but I didn't <laughs> well, think it's it really start- Fred. It starts because despite her vow of poverty, she's got the globe with all the constellations on. Yeah. Well, oh, and also, when she got things from the charity box, when she took things from the charity box, who could have taken things from a charity box? And Sister Julianne's like, yeah, who indeed? 
like knowing <laughs> full well who it bloody was and goes in and she's taken them all to make a cut to make basically a, a, the other planets but yeah just made me laugh uh, anyway yeah. should we do heroes and zeros we may as well now now bex has done it bex you go first you've done your zero zero is tricky um, yeah. My hero is my hero is Maurice Glennon. Nice. How come? Because he's he's not um, he's not let his misfortunes find a home. Love it. Al, you go next. My hero is Sister Winifred for her Ooh. stellar efforts with that sheath load, and she was there oh, making oh. notes on it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what? Oh, a sh- so a she- good scenes deleted. A, a sheaf she- loaf, a wheat sheaf loaf. Because it's, oh, it's oh, oh, yes. Okay, I saw that. I saw that. The harvest basket. Yeah, yes, but yes, she yes, tried yes, so yes. hard and it went wrong. And then she tried hard again and it went wrong. And then she was writing notes and all the spare time and not even listening to Sister oh, Joan and trying oh, again and trying all I, again. All I saw was her just coming out with one perfect one right at the end and putting it on the oh, table. Oh no, she honestly tried the whole. She time tried it best. Oh Jesus, your episode was like two hours long and mine was fifty minutes. What was? Well, maybe that's I why miss... Trixie annoyed us so much. <laughs> I missed that. Every... I mean, everything you said that annoyed you guys, I also saw and it just didn't hit me that way. But this, yeah, but this, you didn't get the, edit... the scenes in between. The editing on this on this episode is terrible. Sorry, whoever did it. Oh my god, you did a bad job. Okay. So then, oh, my I hope you're not listening. Zero... Oh, can I note? just say about the sh- can I just say about the sheaf loaves because I did have a note about this. What? Why didn't she ask Mrs. B to help her? Well, it quite. <laughs> That's what I thought, but they, but they don't. She go on camera. Mrs. B is a ghost. That's why. Yeah. Uh, my zero is the editor who did this episode because they didn't show. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Right. My zero <laughs> is Peter because Ooh. he was in it for about two seconds, and in it he was like, "Fred, you can't leave that part there." Complete like he spoke to him like crap. He named his kid after him, but has no respect for him after that. Like literally, let his wife like have actual some some joy enjoyment of parenthood because of their conversation. And uh, he's just awful. And then then like Chummy was like, for God's sake, at him. And then he's like, you can't. They'd just be bedlam, wouldn't there? They'd just be chaos. I just thought, oh. So that's my also, hair of the week. <laughs> that that van that they had parked there, it's not it's not as if it's his personal car. They're doing it so that the cubs can have days yeah. out. It's but like it's also on the curb. It's not like it's in the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. Peter becoming a dad has just made him so terrible. <laughs> he's just right. the most he's just the most annoying. I think they're just getting sleepless nights. They're sleep deprived. Oh, something like that, yeah. Okay. Um, my hero and zero, um, my zero is the situation in Ireland that caused Declan and Phoebe to have to flee because people should be allowed to marry who they love and they should have been able to do it and be okay and all that kind of stuff. So don't like any of that, all that stuff that caused that to happen. Um, my, it's quite a big zero. It is a big zero. It is a big zero. And I won't do my I usual whole diet. I, that is right. yeah. zero. I won't do no, a diet trap about Peter. it. We all know. Yeah, we all know the, the Irish gravitas of Peter, but carry on. <laughs> and then um my hero is Patsy because she she literally, and I know I wrote this in my synopsis, but she literally goes like way out of her way. She goes miles above and beyond for her patient and I I 
I just really, really, really respect that effort. And even though she didn't want to be on district nursing, she still went above and beyond. She still was an amazing caregiver and, you know, medical professional. And she, you know, she pushed Dr. Turner to like do better. She pushed herself. She, you know, all that kind of stuff like that. And I was actually going to say the zero should be like the whole experience in the internment camp, but, and that is sad. And I never would want anyone to go through that, but I, fundamentally do believe that like everything in our lives like makes us who we are and so you can't take that away from her and still have her be her so um that wasn't my zero but I just love Patsy and so she's my hero do you know what I wonder though because obviously she lost a mother and a sister in the internment camp do you think in going the that extra mile save Morris Glennon she's like she's trying to she couldn't oh, save a mother Jillian. or a sister but she could oh, yeah 100 percent. yeah, yeah she's trying yeah. to stop Jillian losing her yeah oh I thought that was a really good insight and you two like yes totally (laughs) (laughs) obviously Bex she was yeah and I and I mean I'm not gonna like you know beat the drum but I I I still have a lot of love for Trixie so I didn't think she was that bad this episode I I hate Trixie I think she was particularly annoying this episode like I don't think yeah this is her fault I feel like she was given the writer's fault yeah she was just given some really annoying lines like oh rock hudson like i thought that was okay but then she went out and like have i told you nothing fred and then like being all like i don't know just not arrogant arrogant's not the word but just being all she like was... what, what just and, and it also just to further beat up trixie when um <laughs> <laughs> when tom <laughs> comes in because he's doing the harvest baskets and he's just telling her about the idea he's had she just assume naturally assumes that he would want her to help she's just very presumptuous this it's a weekend bit, it's not, it's, not, it's i don't know if he's arrogance or like she's just a bit upper upper self she's just a bit upper self this episode and it just annoyed me i'm, I'm with you to be fair i am with you on this one bex it did annoy me uh, yeah okay i mean i'm not disagreeing with you girls you're you know certainly I've, that's that's perfectly fine i i didn't i didn't feel that same level of annoyance i actually felt annoyed like on her behalf for certain things that I thought, oh, that would annoy me as well. Like, um, but you know, would you go on uh, about duck egg blue for so long? No, I Get wouldn't. Annoyed but... at Fred for not remembering. Well, I mean, like, uh, oh god, I mean, I'm just gonna—it's just gonna turn into a whole thing now. But like, you know, like you go out there. Fred's got his like eight thousand and once, you know, like hair brain scheme or whatever scheme or whatever like that. Like, you don't, I mean, she is right. Like, a lot of Fred's things, like, they start out sounding great and then they go dodgy as hell. And, like, it turns into some huge, like, thing or whatever. Oh, Fred, not again. Instead of, like, it's it's almost like she's showing off. It's like she's a child showing off in front of Tom. Yeah. And Tom doesn't, when, like, when she says, when she asks later on, like, if he fell for um, Fred's schemes by the pain, instead of just saying that, she tries to say it in a really, fancy way and he just didn't understand what she was saying which is another reason why these two just aren't a match but she i i feel like in that situation like like to me like the whole like like scene with the paint like is it is it duck egg blue is it this blue is it that you know like and then like the scene of like did you fall for it or whatever to me that's like 
kind of like trying to flirt a little bit you know what i mean like they're like because the thing is tom's like oh well i hope she never Frank- flirts with me because it's annoying well <laughs> don't worry about trixie flirting with you okay but the thing is like then right? like tom is like oh nurse franklin like i have to you know like ask your opinion like about da 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 and i mean like he doesn't need to ask her opinion he doesn't need to talk to her about that but like he's trying to get a conversation like no that is true because to- he does single her out with the other two and yeah like i'd be like well am i invisible go with blue <laughs> Well, that's the thing. He basically tells like Cynthia and Nurse Whitaker to like ride on. You know what I mean? He's like, I don't want, I don't need to talk to either of you about this. Like, I want to talk to Nurse Franklin and everything. And then, and then he like comes and he's like, Oh, let me tell you about the harvest baskets and everything like that. And like, why does he have to tell her about the harvest baskets? All he had to say was like, Oh, I'm here to talk to Sister Julia and like, you know, having a good day. Like anyway, but like he he like I mean, they're tr- those conversations are trying to be flirty and like they're both trying hard to kind of make like something out of nothing which is what you have to do when you like somebody and you're like trying to get you know what i mean you know that's how i that's how i yeah she's doing it in an annoying way i've i've adopted um patsy's brusque manner this week do you know what though? Honestly, I, I feel I do feel like these this because normally Trixie does not annoy me. I really like Trixie normally. Uh, also, and, I love Trixie. I have to yeah, say that as well. Yeah, but this episode and with Bex, I don't know if the edits that we add just added extra like arsiness or arrogance or something. Because honestly, she just she did she did my head in this week as well. And normally I love her. Like normally yeah. I think she's amazing. And he, she was I even even in the scene where they um they they baptized the child like. Oh, she was a bit annoying after that, and I was a bit like, <laughs> <laughs> just her standing there when she was standing and breathing in a really annoying way. Like, can you believe it that she like actually just stood there and just like looked like that? Oh, like... I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because it was always there from the duck egg blue thing. I don't know. The point oh. is, I know from tomorrow next week, the next uh, time we speak about her, I'll be back with her and I love her. But yeah. honestly, I don't know what it was. Well, I did, I did think she really suited her hair this week. Oh, that sounds like some really like back in. <laughs> no, I that was that's a Patsy type. I did think she suited her hair for a whopper. For oh, a whopper. Gosh. Well, we all we all respect each other's opinions, and this week we respectfully disagree. But that is totally fine. That's the nature of nature of the conversation and podcast. True fact. Yeah. Uh, right on the the subject of podcasting, um, you should join us next week. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what awaits you, made dear it listener? This yeah, like if you've actually like been willing to like suffer through all of this, then like, and you liked it, then I could guarantee you more is coming. Um, more arguing, more impressions <laughs> of Sheila. We can promise. Um, um, and then should we we do the you know we do the whole thing like thank you so much for everyone who you know listens comments engages or whatever if you can um like rate, like and, review. The, rate and review the podcast um you know follow us on social media al you do this better than me but like twitter facebook um instagram all that YouTube. Kind of stuff. we've got a youtube channel now we've got a youtube channel subscribe. now that so hard make sure on. you actually subscribe to our podcast as well so you actually get it it just automatically comes to your computer as well every not your computer your phone what are we yeah in? and leave leave, really leave any review that on any platform that you listen on yeah, yeah maybe i'm in now. mood or something this week maybe we're gonna all be better next week and not i think all i think all of us are in a mood and i and i include myself in that i maybe we're all at different stages of our cycle and it's not, <laughs> <well>. <laughs> it's not sinking at all 
<laughs> oh my god listeners we literally we had a little we had a little convo before we started and we all talked about the fact that like we've literally been heavily medicating with like <laughs> chocolate crisps everything we possibly can to just make it through this week so girls i just think we had a rough one you know sometimes it happens it's true anyway, anyway. I, don't, I don't know i don't know who i am during certain parts of my cycle i become a completely different person i i'll, I'll own that and on that note Right. Okay. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. And we shall hopefully see you next week for series three, episode seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. Ciao, ciao. Bye. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.